0: I fucking hate December.
1: I'm not feeling very festive just yet. <laughs> no, not at all. I don't know why we we're even attempting to do a festive episode. 9th of December, you know, I mean, it should be, you know, I should be feeling a bit tinsely by now. you, I cracked out the mince pies at the start of November, so what can you do? <laughs>
0: I've been drinking whiskey, like, most of the last night in a sort of fake attempt to be Christmassy, but it was just an excuse to drink whiskey, to be honest, by myself. <laughs>
1: Who yeah. needs an excuse?
0: Try to imagine a house that's not a home. Try to imagine a Christmas all alone. That's where I'll be since you left me. My tears could melt the snow. What can I do without you? I've got no place, no place to go It'll be lonely this Christmas Without you to hold It'll be lonely this Christmas So lonely and cold It'll be cold, so cold Without you to hold This Christmas
1: Hello, and welcome to another damn conspiracy. I know it's another episode. This is episode 9, and it's with me, George, and my co-host... Yes. It is. No, no, that's where you say your name. I could... I could. Come on, we're in episode 9 now.
0: Here we are, and we're not going to become any more professional now, so why bother? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yes, it's it's Christmas, and my name is Carl. <laughs> Christmas Carl, excellent.
1: Christmas Carl. Ho, ho, oh, fucking ho. We have a very, very special festive episode for you this week. Everything is going to be festive. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) We're going to kick off by talking about Christmas Carol. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to maybe do a bit more uh, politics-y stuff, talking about what Christmas is to Mm non-Christians. And then with any luck, we will have a festive interview for you. It won't actually be very festive, but it will be an interview with the guest that we promised to you last episode or the episode before. Last episode, did we? Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah, then we'll say goodbye. And then um, you can go. And, up and then yeah, you can tune in next time. We're well, that sure you, if you tune bye. in or not.
0: You know, we can't force you to. We know we don't have that We would power. we could. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we don't have we don't have said powers. So this is unfortunately a voluntary thing if you want to listen to it or not. Mm. Ah.
1: actually, we 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 have a new and super festive. Way for you to send us a voice present through Skype, Oh yeah,
0: we? shit, I forgot about do that. To, do you
1: want to introduce our, yeah. our extra festive voice method, which is yeah. not remotely festive. The
0: extra festive voice method, yeah, that's what I'm going to call it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's catchy, isn't it? Yeah, we have a voicemail now. I set it up because that, uh, Skype has the function to do it. So if you search for another damn conspiracy on Skype, you can ring that account and it'll leave a voicemail for us, which we can feature on the show if we really, really want to. Um, so you can send us a Skype message via voicemail now, which is scary, it's scary. <laughs> but it can be done, it can be done. <laughs>
1: oh, but we're not promising to play it. You can't just send us any old crap and we'll play it. Well,
0: you can send us any old crap and we might play it, but we can't, We yeah. do have editorial control over this.
1: But we... If it is stupendously crap, we're more likely to play it, right?
0: Yeah, but... We it, don't want any um,
1: middle of the road crap.
0: No and if Rupert Murdoch you're listening you know send us a call to the voicemail million yeah. each sell, we'll yeah. sell out yeah
1: absolutely
0: mm-hmm. obviously so um, oh yeah before we go into the main topic fuck you Donald Trump fuck you Oh, fuck God. you fuck you fuck you and now for Christmas <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, I mean it was important to get it in there it had to be said yeah, exactly yeah Right, so I guess we're going to talk about Scrooge, then. A yeah. different Scrooge.
0: A different Scrooge, yeah. Mm. Yeah, this Scrooge isn't Muslim-hating, from what I know, so that's good. Mm.
2: Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we can't not make this thing political. I thought we'd have a nice episode that was very sort of light on the politics, and no, 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 we can't do that at all. We're just a little awesome. Yeah, so... Anyway, The Christmas Carol is a... Kind of a it's a p- big part of the festive season the story of the Christmas Carol whether it's the original book or radio play or the Muppet version you <laughs> there's been very very many versions of it on TV and cinema and we're going to talk about a couple of versions
1: of it now um,
0: hmm. so would you like to start off with the original
1: yeah I um I- I've spent the past year reading uh, the original um I'm quite a slow reader. Um, I actually started before last Christmas in order to have finished it by the end of Christmas 2014. Anyway, I finished it by about June. Um, Ready for 15? Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. (laughs) However, uh, it's it's very enjoyable. Um, It's only short, uh, which makes the fact that it took me six months even more embarrassing. But um, I really enjoyed it. Actually, um, it was a really good experience to to read it and... and, um, to see what the original is like because of course I'd seen plenty of film adaptations of it but the actual original you know I, I don't think as many people have actually read that as have seen a version of the christmas carol um and it was um it was really interesting that there, there, there's actually quite quite a difference in style but absolutely no difference in content um you know uh, in in obviously the book itself is written with a narrator which is not something that most of the adaptations have. And and the narrator gives a level of detail. I mean, the narrator is like Charles Dickens' voice, basically, as the author. And it gives um, a level of uh, detail to Dickensian London that you just don't get in the films. Obviously, in the films, you know, you have the visual aspect, which is a massive artistic bonus. But um, with the books, Dickens makes all sorts of references to uh, London as it was when he was writing it. He was a very political writer, and yeah, very um, much he, so, Yeah, he he points to a lot of a lot of injustices and wrongs that he sees in the world, and this book is one of his uh, uh, political. No, this book is one of the ways that he um, vented his frustration at a lot of the lack of charity, lack of caring that he saw all around him in Victorian London. Um, and I, I, just, I thought that was probably the most interesting part about reading it because, of course, once you know the story, it's, it's classic, it's timeless, and it yeah, sticks with yeah. you. But this was something new, and I really enjoyed the experience of reading it. I, I do recommend it. Um, it's not a difficult book to read. The language is not desperately complicated. You know, it's, it's, it's never going to be as light as, um, you know, something like the Sun, which writes in Uggs and grunts. But <laughs> it, it, even so, you know, it's not bad. That's a scathing review of Dickens, isn't it? Not bad.
0: <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> it's better than The Sun. <laughs> better than The Sun?
1: <laughs> My bad. That should be on the cover of,
0: yeah, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, better than The Sun, another damn conspiracy. Um...
1: <laughs> but, well, well this, this ties nicely, because I know you want to talk about the Muppets version, um, and, and I also want to talk about the Muppets version, but I just want to... <laughs> it, it, actually, what I found about the Muppets version was that there is a narrator. Yeah. It's not Dickens. No. It's Gonzo. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> but um, what I like about the Muppets one is that it's family friendly. It's mm. kiddie friendly, and it's a great way for them to actually take in, absorb some real, you know, proper, you know, literature with a capital L. Um, even though it's the Muppets, even though it's it's fun, it's light, it's fluffy. Okay, it's got serious moments. But it's a great way for I think for kids to actually understand a bit of literature. Hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe maybe that would be a good way to to get a younger person interested in, you know, reading, you know, great works of, of, of fiction. Yeah. I don't know, what do you think?
0: I've 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 read The Christmas Carol many years ago now. It's it was a bloody long time ago, so my memory of it is it kind of blurs in with all the other
1: versions
0: because there's so many. Mm. It's it's a classic tale that's retold, retold, and
1: retold for a very, very. It's almost as classic as the Nativity, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely more enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, I shouldn't have got that. I'm not jabbing at religion just yet. Um, no, that will come later. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the the reason why the tale is so uh, universal and has been retold and retold in many different versions is because the core messages of that tale, although Dickens wrote very much for Victorian England and wrote about the politics that were happening at the time, it's not that far away from today's society. And even more so, I think people could learn something from this tale. I mean, there is actually lessons to be learned there, and, you know, a bit more compassion in the world would do a whole fucking
1: lot of good right now. It really, really would. Um, I think. I think on that on that front, there's like this. Is just another way that the story is something for everyone because you know he he talks about um you know the suffering of the poor and the lack of compassion. Mm. Um, and you know you, you can argue that Scrooge is you know a wealthy person not doing his bit, but I think there also there's that that you know that's a very liberal politi- political message. But I think there's also a conservative political message in this book in that you know it calls for um charity, something being done not structurally which which in, in my opinion is a, is a better way of tackling you know poverty and things but but actually rich people taking pity on poor people hmm. now you can see I mean that that doesn't go that doesn't sit desperately comfortably with my own political opinion, but charity obviously has a place to play, uh, has a role to play but um you know a conservative even even somebody who's a conservative would say, Actually, charity is very important, and in this book, here is a demonstration of why. So, I think I think one of the interesting things about the book is that it appeals even more broadly than than just as, uh, sort of the more straightforward interpretation.
0: Yeah, the version I grew up with of the story is the Muppets version, not so much the original uh, literature, and it actually does a very very good job of telling that story. Um, Michael Caine plays Michael Scrooge.
1: Kane. And it, it, I think it's one of his best film roles, No, he actually. doesn't play Scrooge, he plays Michael Caine. <laughs> oh, no oh. complaints, I like Michael Caine, but he plays Michael Caine.
0: <laughs> he plays Michael Caine playing Scrooge. And, <laughs> <laughs> and what I like about the Bumpets version the most is that there is still that human character in the middle, and it... It ground it made, it's, I think it grounds the story in a sense of reality because a lot of Muppet adaptations of stories very recently have, have kind of gone for the silly angle, which is, the Muppets were all about the silliness. But the Muppet Christmas Carol, actually, it's a lot more mature than a lot of the um, other mm. Muppet works. it The essence of the story is still there. It just happens that the side characters are all played by Muppet characters.
1: And, and credit credit to the film i think you know that that it, you know it doesn't look stupid having no, one doesn't... Well, actually it's not just one though is it because scrooge's family are also people
0: yeah so it's like the, him, him and his but, family and then his love interest
1: are all human and the the point is that you know credit yeah. to credit to the film that it, it can get away with having humans and you know, Muppets in there together, and it yeah. doesn't it doesn't detract, it adds. I just think that's... Um, I think, yeah. That's a, a l- demonstration of how well, the, you know, the, the Muppets team understands what it was doing. Yeah, I mean, well, there's, a, what it was doing.
0: there's a lot of love for the Muppet characters, and I think that's what makes this adaptation particularly effective, because the main character, and obviously his family, are all human, and he's been arsing not to just poor people, but to poor Muppets! And so, so suddenly even the most sort of sour people are like, you can't fucking be mean to Kermit the Frog. How fucking dare you? <laughs> so I, I think Let that, alone a little
1: Kermit with a little crutch. I
0: know. It's, it's <laughs> exactly. Like even our stone hearts can be melted by <laughs> the Muppets. And I think that was it was done very well. And it's very clever in the way that it, it doesn't make Scrooge a Muppet character. Because I don't think it would work as well. It would come off as more of a farce. Mm. I mean, whereas, be too comic. Yeah, whereas this is actually a very loving um sort of retelling. And in fact, um the three ghosts that come visit Scrooge
1: aren't traditional Muppets, really. They are new. No, well, the, the first one is the first one actually CGI? No. Or is it a, just an effect?
0: No, the the first one, which is the Ghost of Christmas past, has this weird ghostly effect to it. And they shot it on a blue screen underwater. <laughs> so the effect of like the of the dress floating spookily in the air is just because they shot it underwater. That's pretty cool. But it looked, I mean, yeah, I mean, most, I think the majority, if not all, the effects in that film were actually physical effects. Mm. Um, which is, I mean, staggering, really. But that that in, character in,
1: in stark contrast to the Jim Carrey version, which I'll mention later.
0: Oh, God, yeah. Oh, fuck, I forgot about that version. <laughs> but the, um, the the quality of that effect's amazing. And then the Ghost of Christmas present is a giant Muppet, but it's a full-bodied kind of character, very much sort of a cuddly sort of Santa Claus-type deal.
1: I'm guessing that's one of the ones that, that requires two or more puppeteers to actually operate it. Yeah,
0: and I think they use things like perspective effects as well to sort of mm. do some quite cool things. And then you've got... Um, the Curse of Christmas uh, Future,
1: and that's—I mean—that's—that's that's not even like a—that's not even a puppet, is it? I mean, no, it's I just mean, this costume
0: of this black mask and these black robes shrub. that are dirty rags, essentially. And it's scary. I remember being fucking mm. terrified when Definitely. I was younger by that character. And it's—it's it's very interesting how. It, the Muppet Christmas Carol is one of the best Muppet films because it, it kind of transcends a little bit the silliness. That like the original mm. three uh, Jim Henson made Muppet films are very silly and they've got quite a good sense of humour and a quite sharp wit about them, which I think Muppets has lost a little bit in recent years. Um, the Muppets take Manhattan's full, and um, The Great Muppet Caper, for example, they come to England, there's all these really obscure British references <laughs> littered throughout, and it's, it's very, very funny. Um, <laughs> But this film actually is a good piece of drama. Weirdly, it's a good family film. You are scared in parts. You you feel sorry for Scrooge in parts. You feel, you know, pissed off with him and angry. And it's all set to this musical as well.
1: Yeah, the songs are great.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a longtime Muppet collaborator that worked on the songs. He he originally did the original Muppet movie, and he came back to do those. And they're just those songs are as catchy as any Christmas song. Like, I find myself every year watching the film again, if not just for the songs, you know. But they also tell a story. It's like the best musicals. Um, I, I love musicals, so I won't be sort of scared of admitting that. And a good musical tells story through the songs. They're not
1: worse than sitting through a, a song that's completely pointless, it yeah. takes it yeah. nowhere.
0: Because the, the the basics of writing a good musical is that the songs are part of the narrative; they push the narrative forward. If you have a four minute musical number and you're still at the same spot you were before the musical number started, then there's no hope; it's a
1: bad song. There's, there's no justification for the characters randomly bursting out into song.
0: Yeah, and there's a lot of <laughs> Disney films where you, you have these songs. You just go, "This isn't this could be cut out, and it'd still be good enough film." But with the Muppet version, the songs are part of the storytelling. They're very effective, so the opening number is about how Scrooge is this evil, sort of penny pinching, you know, sort of man and it's it starts with that and it's quite a dark it's quite a dark tone to the entire film. I mean the Victorian London they've captured in that film's very grubby and grimy. Even the Muppets felt isn't as clean and pristine as other films. They Mucky all of them up and mm. it's got incredible sort of depth to it. Which you does see in a lot of
1: films. Never mind a Muppet film, and you know, I think it, for a Muppet film, it it plays it plays on a surprising amount of respect for the original tale. Yeah, it it doesn't it doesn't mess around. It doesn't tweak it.
0: No, it not, not just introduces
1: no. its own little character to it. Yeah, and you know, okay, there's there's there's, there's, there's bits of slapstick with you know. There's like there's like some busts that fall. as like a bust of Shakespeare. That, and the, do the busts thing? I can't remember. They like slide off a shelf, oh, yeah, yeah, someone's yeah. head. And there's there's, there's the um, <laughs> that you've managed to work animal in there at um, a Victorian ball. Um, that's a particularly good bit. But, but yeah, you know, there's a lot of respect for the original story, but they kind of insert their humour. They drop their humour in, um, and it's just it, it 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 makes it so much so much more lively as a story and mm. it's just enchanting
0: yeah i think i think the thing is it's respectfully put in and it's placed in at the moment it works when the story needs to be telling the original story it, it, it doesn't deviate in a serious way yeah it doesn't deviate at all no. and in fact does get very scary especially like christmas um Ghost christmas future oh, yeah. that's terrifyingly scary for a kid and uh, they don't shy away from that stuff so when it's silly it's silly but when they need to tell the story, they tell the story in a very respectful way, and I think it's what makes it a very good adaptation. It has fun with the source material,
1: but deeply respects that too. I think, um, I think something that something that you take from reading the book is how short the story actually is. Mm. You know, when when you see these versions on on, on TV or on, in the cinema, you know they are not cut down. There's nothing removed from them. No. That's the whole story. <laughs> it's the whole package, which is obviously you know, it's quite rare for a, you know for a book at least. Yeah, um, and I think. The way the Muppets did it is great because you're never bored. No, no. Whereas these other two, there's two other versions. There's there's one starring uh, Patrick Stewart uh, from 1999, mm. which is a real, real heavy version of it. Um, you know, it's it's serious actoring yeah. on the part of a, a proper Shakespearean actor. <laughs> and you know, okay, I appreciate the seriousness of it, but it is. I'm going to be honest. There are there are moments in that film where I'm bored. Um, you know, it does the serious dramatic bits really well, but honestly, yeah. you know, tedious, very tedious. <laughs> um, very, you know, very very atmospheric, very moody, mm. very convincing as a Scrooge as well. Is Patrick Stewart? But no, no, it's it's not a Christmas movie that you watch and think, oh, I'm happy now. <laughs> you think, oh, fuck. What the hell am I doing with my life? I'm never ever watching this again. I'm not celebrating Christmas. I'm going to live in a convent. I'm going to give up everything. Give <laughs> all my to charity. I'm a horrible person. Wow, Mr. Cameron, if you're listening to this, go and watch it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then there's the the Jim Carrey version. Oh, God. Which is... Um, uh, uh. You, you know what? I quite liked Jim Carrey's interpretation of Scrooge, but I know a lot of people found it annoying.
0: That's not my problem with that film. <laughs>
1: well, there are a lot of problems with that film. Yeah, um, I, I I think it was nice to have a kooky a, a and uh, I hate that word, but a kooky <laughs> and um, you've just used it you twice. Know, <laughs> strongly interpreted version of Scrooge, hmm. but again, you just don't feel very Christmassy watching it. Ah, uh. and I, I, you know, I I I guess you're going to mention the fact that it feels more like a a, graphics, a graphical test, almost.
0: Yeah. I mean, the Data Studio at the time was experimenting with different animation techniques. But my major problem with the film is that it's kind of heartless. And yes, Scrooge is a heartless character. But you need to have the world around him be engaging. So that when he has his final redemption moment, you're actually happy for the characters, mm. and quite frankly, I don't care about the zombified, fucking creepy, you know, characters in that film. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't in the slightest. And it's the world just seems so void of any charm, of any life. And it does the Victorian England grubby very, very well, but the, the Muppet version... Visually. Visually, yes. But the Muppet version had that visual, injected... A load of charm through the Muppet characters and great performances by the human actors and the songs,
1: and and also like you know a well-designed set. It's oh not, yeah. It's it. There's nothing about the set that is remarkable, particularly, other than it it feels right. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a moment which I particularly like, which is where the um the Ghost of Christmas Present is is, is enormous. He's giant. Oh yeah yeah. And the room <laughs> is kind of filled with presents and there's a tree and there's food everywhere. You look at that, you think, ah, oh, this is wonderful. Yeah. You know, there's so much to look at here. And, and, you know, you're concentrating on the story, but you know that in the background, if you pause the film, there's stuff to look at, there's stuff to see.
0: Yeah, but as well as you watched the, um, the Jim Carrey version... Uh, directed okay, by attention Bond, to
1: detail, but... it's beautiful. Yeah,
0: but, it, but this It's just void, and there's these action sequences inserted into the plot, which make very little sense. <laughs> I mean, they're in... Obviously, they're trying to tell the story in a blockbuster, interesting kind of way, but... It's just too bombastic for the type of story they're telling. It's a very simplistic story, and it doesn't suit big, massive action sequences. That the the biggest the Muppets get into action sequences the scene where they're flying over the housetops. That's a great scene. And it's not that long, and it's very simple. Whereas mm. the the camera is hyperactive in those action sequences with, <laughs> and it's it's just not fitting for the story. The story is a simple story. About simple people trying to live, you know, their simple lives, and how Scrooge interacts with those people, and and the film just glamorizes and glosses it over a bit too much, and it just feels empty as an adaptation. It's, I wouldn't recommend it. I mean, I saw it at IMAX, fucking hell, and even the even the sort of the spectacle of the IMAX screen wasn't enough to make me not you know, sort of
1: get bored of the thing. I mean I was visually impressed but there's only so much that will do before before you yeah. you you feel that the plot is missing something. We've hated on Zemeckis quite a lot there. Yeah. Are there any other adaptations of Christmas Carol that you've seen?
0: Yeah, there's a fantastic one by uh, the uh, Black Adam <laughs> the Black Adam Christmas Carol. Oh, of
1: course, the Black Adam one. Oh it's, yeah, that's a that's a that's a beautiful one. Um, <laughs> that's a, really a, good. I I'd call it a delicious twist. On the story, really.
0: Yeah, because Blackadder traditionally is Scrooge, essentially. He's worse than Scrooge. Yeah, he's is, 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 is a fucking bastard, that's what he he's is. A bastard. And you couldn't have told the traditional Christmas Carol story with Blackadder. You couldn't have done it, because that character isn't an arsehole. And, and knowingly so, he's, you know he knows he's an arsehole, he acts like an arsehole, and he's done that throughout the centuries. <laughs> And so they twist it round. So at the beginning, Blackadder's a generous, kind person who likes giving to charity. And when the ghosts come to try and change his mind, he's actually turned into this, <laughs> you know, bastard of a character. And it's a very I mean, clever to I mean, tell see, He sees
1: what's going to happen to him. <laughs> if he carries on being nice. <laughs> there we are. Listeners, yeah. if you have any... Uh... Any comments to make about The Christmas Carol? If you read it, if you've seen a version that we didn't talk about, if you're Mm -hmm. unfortunate enough to see some of the versions we have talked about, send us your comments. You can Mm -hmm. voicemail us them with our new festive voice system. (laughs) Skype voicemail, I'm told. Um, (laughs) uh, We have a Twitter account, at Damn Conspiracy. We have a Facebook page, another Damn Conspiracy. Um... You can probably leave us a comment on Shout Engine or iTunes. Is that
0: right? You can definitely leave us a comment on Shout Engine or iTunes, and we would like it if you would do,
1: and preferably a review on iTunes. But you know, only if it's positive. And we have an email account which is
0: damn conspiracy at <laughs> dot
1: Excellent, indeed.
0: Right. Okay. Plug over. <laughs>
1: So, um, the next thing we're going to yeah. talk about, then, is, is kind of related in that it's still festive. Um, yeah. we, we were wondering um, what the point of Christmas is if you're not a Christian.
0: <laughs> What's the point in Christmas? Well, we'll tell you what the point of Christmas is.
1: Yeah, that's what we're going to do. If you're wondering, we're going to tell you. Yeah. You're not allowed to argue.
0: <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the word... I was about to say the word of God, and we're about to talk about atheists. Uh, No, this is the this is the truth. This is we're going to definitively answer the question. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) God, I've known you for so long. Now you're finishing my sentences. Oh dear. Do you know next September's twenty years? I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh,
1: oh, God. Anyway, i
0: have just terrified myself shitless. So.
1: You know, you know this, this. We're recording this in different places, but we're not. There's no Skype call. We can just hear each other.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is just recording it telepathically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear! And the amount of editing I have to do to make this sort of listenable. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're rambling. You know what? I don't care. It's Christmas. This is meant to be a fun episode. If you don't oh, like oh, it, oh. you probably gave up after episode two. Uh, so
1: shame on those people. Shame on them.
0: Well, they can, they can all, they can all go and thug have a off. nice Christmas. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> Meanwhile, everybody else who's staying to listen to this can have a nice traumatized um... Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, Christmas that that's the thing. what are we on about what the fucks happening right, to this shit Right come on
1: we are we, going to we're going to we're going we're gonna to be atheistic and we're going to say what the fuck is Christmas all about Yes You first
0: Me first because yes. like Sam being the coherent person right now is keeping this thing up What is Christmas all about well, I mean look
1: you you hear you hear people like mainly Americans prattling on that Christmas is all about Jesus and all this stuff Um But that that only works if you actually believe in Jesus. You know, I know so many different people who celebrate Christmas, right? And, you know, people who are Christian obviously generally celebrate Christmas. Yeah, it's kind of a a big day for them. Yeah, apparently, so I'm told. Mm -hmm. But then there's also like agnostics who celebrate Christmas. There's atheists who celebrate Christmas. Um, I even know some Muslims who celebrate Christmas, right? And, you know, it's got to the point where you think, is this actually a Christmas holiday? Is this actually a... A religious holiday anymore Mm. okay you know a lot of the christmas carols they're all festive but they're also religious Mm -hmm. And and that's true also of um you know a lot of the you know little nativity scenes that you see around and all this sort of stuff you know a lot of the actual paraphernalia of christmas is religious but at the same time you go into a shopping mall and there's a display it's got santa claus it's got reindeers there's no jesus no now you can say, well, that's just that's just corporate greed taking over all the core values of Christmas and spoiling it for us Christians. Well, really, I mean, yes, probably to some extent, but, but that's <laughs> not the entirety of it, is it?
0: Yeah. So before we begin this dissecting this Christmas pie thing, festive linking metaphor failing out. Uh, um, <laughs> it is hopper's one
1: listeners.
0: (laughs) so I'm atheist which you know this is a decision just I've come to naturally when I was a child I went to various church services in various different for various different reasons and I came to the conclusion that I don't believe in this and I believe that the actions of people uh, you know people are responsible for the actions of people you know you know, if somebody's bad, it's because they're being bad. If somebody does a good deed, it's because somebody does a good deed. It's not like, for example, if there's a atrocity in the world, people thank God for saving them. Whereas I'd go, no, thank the people who were on the lifeboats, thank the people who were mm. in the emergency services. And that's just my way of the world. I don't let like, it affect my day-to-day life. I've got many fr- friends who are Christian, who are Muslim, who are Buddhist even, and it never really affects the way I interact. But obviously it does... Change the way you think about the world, mm. and especially events like Christmas. I mean, I remember in primary school we, we we went to the church a couple of times around Christmas, um, to celebrate Christmas and all the sort of religious Christian teachings around Christmas. Was obviously it's the birth of Jesus. Jesus is a, a major figurehead within the Christian church, so we're not going to disrespect that all. You know. This isn't, really? this isn't what this discussion is for about. It's just that, obviously, it's celebrating the birth of Jesus. That is the entire meaning behind Christmas. So, somebody like me, who is completely atheist and does not believe in any of the religious things, I'm not agnostic. I'm properly atheist. Mm. And what does it, what does Christmas mean to me? And that's that's the perspective I'm coming from with this. And it's it's gonna be interesting to sort of dissect that.
1: Mm, I, you, you know, you make a good point, point. Um, and you say, "Well, you know that the, the whole meaning of Christmas is to celebrate the birth of Christ." But um, for me, you know, I'm, I'm also, i I'm, I'm maybe not as atheist as you, but I'm pretty atheist. Um, do, you want, do
0: you want to say agnostic just to be
1: safe, or mm, I, don't, I feel I feel more atheist than agnostic. All oh, right. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I won't criticize. I, I think I, I think I, I think I'm atheist as far as. Um, the fact that the existence of God cannot be proven, yeah, or or has not been proven, but it also can't be disproven. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a possibility, but it's a it's it's like it's like an almost impossible possibility. That's how I feel. <laughs> but anyway, okay. um, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that um, I forgot what I was going to say now because I went on a ramble about the universe. For fuck's <laughs> sake, this people is why you do not do a physics degree. Um, Our podcast. Or Hey, look, come on now. This is my contribution. Pointless rambling. Um, it's tonight, anyway. Yeah, so I mean, I think one of the interesting things is that um, the actual festival of Christmas, you know, it's meant to be on the 25th, mm. um, is kind of a sort of fabrication. You know, mm. we, we celebrate it on that day and say this is when Christ was born, but there's there's no evidence that suggests that that actually is what happened. Yeah. I mean, did, did Jesus exist or not? I don't know. I, I think maybe he did actually exist. Um, did he do all those things? I, I doubt that. But but maybe he did actually exist. Was he born on that day? Well, mm, it seems incredibly unlikely because, of course, the 25th is suspiciously close to a pagan festival, yeah. which far, far outdates Christmas, Christmas. And then there are other countries who, and other religions, who celebrate Christmas on a different day. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> like the Russian Orthodox Church celebrates it on the seventh of January, but also there's things like the the, the Polish Catholic Church celebrates it on the twenty fourth. Yeah, and it's like well, here, here for me is just another place in which religion is inconsistent and and doesn't doesn't convince me that it, what it is telling me is true. And you think, you know, you can believe in those. You know, there's good values without being an actual Christian. And I think that celebrating Christmas for Christians is not just about the actual birth of Christ, but it's about it's about celebrating what they would see as Christian values mm. of, you know, goodness and kindness and, and, and family and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, for an atheist, you kind of look at that and you think, I don't have to believe in the religious stuff to celebrate those values.
2: Mm.
0: No. And
1: so for me, that's kind of what Christmas is about. But without necessarily being religious.
0: Hmm. So when I were growing up, Christmas was always about family. Spending time with family. Like I didn't always spend a lot of time with my family, even though I lived in the same house. We wouldn't always do things together in the rest of the year. You know, nobody'd get on each other's nerves the rest of the year. But Christmas <laughs> was a time where you'd let down your guard and everybody would seem to get along. Um so I mean, Christmas Eve we'd always go to my nan's house and she'd cook us mm. some food christmas day would spend with the family would have my dad would cook
1: the only time of the year he'd cook would be christmas day and he did mm. a bloody good christmas dinner i suppose one of the things we're saying here is that actually taking religion out of christmas doesn't make christmas a purely um commercial affair
0: no no i mean we'd get presents for each other but it's it was always a thing of like you'd do it because you wanted to so treat somebody. Here's something you couldn't afford the rest of the year. Here's a little treat, mm. and but you still spend the day Christmas Day. You open your presents together, see what each other's got. It's like, oh, lovely socks. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I mean, also like people are, are such creatures of habit that you know <laughs> the the actual ritual of Christmas is is almost as inherent as the ritual of making tea. do do you know what I mean it's like something that you have to do at least once a year and I I think in this country particularly we don't celebrate enough there's an attitude of you know being reserved and quiet and you know putting your head down just getting on with it Mm -hmm. but we just don't celebrate enough stuff in this country and (laughs) I think if we didn't celebrate Christmas we'd be really bloody miserable all winter (laughs) it's a chance to just enjoy yourself and that is also an important part of Christmas and it's not a it's not a Christian bit but it it's important.
0: Yeah, the core, the core sort of belief, so I have, are not that much different from a Christian. At Christmas, you spend time with your friends, with your family. I might drink a bit more than some Christians <laughs> do, but you know, we're, we we still have the f- getting together with friends and family to just enjoy each other's company. There's that aspect to it that. Is still there within, you know, my atheist Christmas. Mm. And I think that's why people of many different faiths who, do, who don't particularly, you know, agree or see in line with Christianity do still celebrate Christmas, because I think it's transcended that. And, yeah, mm. you can be cynical and say a lot of it's to do with companies trying to flog off tap they can't sell at
1: any other time of year. And, and I'm, sure that, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of kippers saying that it's, you know, it's just... You know, PC Britain gone mad, where we're allowing people of other religions to celebrate Christmas. Blah 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 blah. Well, whatever. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry, it's got a little dig in there.
0: No, no, it's, it's fine. But I think you know, those core values, are just like enjoying each other's company, being kind to others. It's the one time of year where you can you can sort of talk to random people in a pub and get a not get a sort of a staring at you, thinking you're a fucking Ooh. weirdo. You know, it's, everybody seems to just open up and you have a time where, you know, people are, you know, just try and be happy for once and it's very, in a a country where everybody's fucking miserable all the time, it is nice to see and for me it isn't just a commercial thing and yeah, commercialism is a hard thing, you have to stop the, there's a boundary there to sort of, do you step over it or not? I mean, I don't agree with five-year-olds getting fucking iPads for Christmas, that is ridiculous. ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You know, and I don't think giving a kid that sort of technology at that age means they're going to value anything when they're older. I think you have to, you know, get uh, uh, Yeah.
1: Although, we should point out that if there are any parents listening to this show, if you are buying your child an iPad, make sure that your child also downloads Another damn Conspiracy and listens to it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very child-friendly podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> get your kids started on... Politics early. Did you read the article that um, was it? Was it the um, London boroughs? Uh, one of the London boroughs started handing out leaflets for kids uh, to basically try and stop extremism within kids. And one of the things in the leaflet was if they start talking about politics actively. And you know, questioning the government—they <laughs> might be an extremist. And I'm just thought, Fuck, <laughs> how? Oh, no, shit. Like I remember, I remember, isn't it? Like in fucking primary school, like talking about politics. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like it's like shit. Does that make me an extremist? Because by their words, <laughs> it's it paranoia, does paranoia, isn't it? Yeah. Oh fucking hell! I've. Uh, <laughs> that's I we
1: just we just replaced communist paranoia with terrorist paranoia. Yeah. That's what's happened in this country. <laughs> Everybody's still paranoid. It's just the targets.
0: The target of paranoid changes, but yeah. it's all. It's all. It's all the same bollocks. <laughs> Where was I? Fucking hell! This has been tangy.
1: I know. I think. I think on that note, it's time to say we've talked about what a secular Christmas means to us. Oh yeah. But what yeah. do our listeners think? What do you think? You. I mean, because I mean, you know, are I'm you a here. Christian who does believe in? Jesus is unhappy that Christmas has lost its Jesus
0: <laughs> that sounds like a it's fucking a- Daily Mail article has Christmas lost its Jesus <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway you know how to comment you do <laughs>
0: reindeer, much do reindeer,
3: <laughs> a very light light bulb. and if you ever
1: Well, I suppose with that, um, we, we, we better move on. We have a special, extra festive, non-festive interview, possibly um, festive, with with one of uh, your uh, artistic friends. Now, you said last week that you wanted to um, use this podcast as a platform um, for artists who are emerging and want to want to get themselves heard and noticed, and, and, and but more importantly, want to get their content out there. Hmm. That was def- your cue to
0: speak. I'm about to speak, fuck
1: you! <laughs> no, I, de- I definitely do want
0: to do that, and Chris Taffner is, is a satirical songwriter, and I've, I've known him for quite a while now, he's, a very, he's very, very talented at writing songs that are humorous, but they're also satirical, but not openly like, fuck Margaret Thatcher, fuck David Cameron, they're very, very cleverly worded pieces. And he's also, you know, a credible musician as well. And he's been, he's been doing a lot of gigs in and around Manchester recently. He's been doing quite a few, and I know he's wanting to tour next year. So I thought, as a sort of special treat to end the episode, we're gonna have a conversation with him about his work, about what he does. And we're also gonna play some of his music.
4: Well, I found a new direction on a bachelor's degree. I'm living on a budget, so there's nothing in fatigue. It's pastor on its own again today. I spend my waking hours spending money I don't have. I'm drinking in the high street, but at least I'm not a chaff. My debts are going up, and it's alright. Cause I'm going places. I'm going places. Cause I'm going places, I'm going places I'll be a credit to my field, and a gift to all the world I'm a raw, attractive talent, about to be unfurled With a faith in my degree, I'll get through They'll tell me everything I need
0: to do. So Christmas is a time where you get bombarded by absolutely shite music. It's a fucking horrific time for the ears. So we thought, you know what, as an antidote to all the shite Christmas music, we're going to get a decent songwriter on. And we actually found a decent songwriter who was willing to come on the show. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, we didn't even have to bribe him or anything. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> so we have on the show today Chris Tavner, who is a satirical songwriter. That's probably the best Ooh. way to describe you.
3: Yeah, that's how I often describe it. So uh, <laughs> I would agree.
0: And your stuff basically is to- it's topical to a point. You cover songs from basically there's a local problems to sort of life problems and everywhere in between is. Um you've got he's got an EP out now called the Project Nine Sessions on his website which is com. if you go on there you can also get details of gigs of the facebook and twitter accounts of everything. You can also purchase the album for four quid which is it's four tracks quid each. It's very much worth it. And um, we're going to very be playing a song from that I think. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be playing a song from that at the end of this show. So we should start. Wait, and... So do you
1: only have to pay quid if pay three quid if you listen
3: to the show? To this show? Yeah. Yeah, because if you listen to this show you've heard one of them. <laughs> that's true. You have yeah, to find you have you have to scroll back through sure. to listen again.
1: <laughs> hey that, that increases the number of listens on our little stats, so that's fine. That'll be fine <laughs> for you guys. <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> So your songs are satirical and you know we attempt to be satirical. I think we fail mainly. I think we just ramble on. Um <laughs> But what, why satirical music? What sort of started you down that path of telling stories through your music?
3: Um, well, I think um, I was always quite into quite a lot of uh, satirical comedy, I suppose. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've always been a big fan of um, Monty Python quite a lot. Yeah, and, okay. uh, yeah. you know, um, the old comics like Hugh Laurie and Stephen Fry and, and then that kind of but then music's been like a secondary passion. Mm. And then I discovered this kind of world where certain songwriters blend the two, like um, Randy Newman and Tom oh, Lehrer, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Loudon Wainwright Third, and the, all these kind of guys kind of use that uh, element of, of um, satire and comedy, but then they just blend it with the music, and it, it kind of works. It's like the best of both worlds for me, really. So, And I'm heavily into the lyrics, really, so... Um, i feel like with most of my music the music is basically informed by what the lyrics the the message of the lyrics mm. and uh creating a better kind of effect i guess yeah um, like there's one or two songs where um there's a song i've got called praise him which is basically a celebrity worship song and the whole music is this kind of christian rock song <laughs> um <laughs> So uh, it's kind of, yeah, it's like a mockery. It's like a parody, really. Mm. Like you might find Weird Al Yankovic might do or something like that.
0: All right. A bit more politics uh, in there. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. He usually just writes about lasagna and things
3: like that, don't he? Um... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> aluminum uh, aluminium foil, as he calls it. Have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah. I used, I used to be a huge Weird Al fan. Yeah, I mean, oh, I, am, I still am. I mean, yeah. uh, I I used to listen to all his older stuff, and I recently got his new album, Mandatory Fun.
0: Oh yeah, so that's good. Yeah,
3: it's got got a lot of good tracks in it.
0: Yeah, this is turned into a weird Al appreciation podcast.
3: Uh. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah.
0: How do you decide the topics? Because I mean, this is just coming from our show perspective. There's certain subjects that we try and not talk about because it's just not that funny and sometimes we have to talk yeah. about things things like if you're doing a current events podcast and don't talk about syria then you're kind of doing yourself a disservice but it's very difficult to talk about certain subjects with comedy so how do you sort of approach that
3: um, well i think differently to you guys you guys are obviously topical to to um on a, on a kind of weekly news kind of basis, a bit like Private Eye or The Week or whatever like that. Or oh, We're, we're better than those. <laughs> obviously. I mean, I wouldn't try obviously. to compare those guys to you. I mean, you're obviously in a different league. But what I'm exactly. trying to say is... <laughs> uh, we, are,
0: we are in a different league, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true. <laughs> I'm not going to specify
3: up or down. Um, or, you know, the same. But uh, I think... Uh, I don't know. My, mine kind of... I explained it. Once to this uh, this um, guy who was trying to get me to explain my music in an interview that I suppose minor my songs are kind of t- um, I write about the time rather than the week if you, like a specific generational time I suppose rather than hmm. um, what's currently happening that in that year it's like a series of years like um, the zeitgeist of the time. I yeah. suppose.
1: And when, so when you're writing, what comes first, the comedy or the,
3: or the the zeitgeist? Um, I think, yeah, it's just it's a kind of an observation, basically. I think, mm. oh, I I could really either it comes across as like, oh, there must be something great to write about this particular concept, or I'll be thinking about something like I don't know, social media or. Um, first world problems or whatever and think, right, I know exactly how I'm going to, uh, you know, something might like come to mind and I'll be like, oh, that would work really great as a song kind of thing.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think um, the, um, I think the yeah. track, The Crisis in North, which is a very good example of that, that's available on the EP. And it's very good. Thank and it. It's, it, it does capture that very sort of small sort of area, place mentality of like oh well there's all well and good there's all these problems in the world but what's happening to me
3: yeah you know what about me i Uh, I want to know why my pubs shut down
0: (laughs) it's a that is an interesting issue it's um because what's absurd to one person that's very very serious and you might write in jest but there's actually some people are very concerned with that sort of thing
3: yeah i mean i don't think there's there's anything um uh, it's not meant to be negative about those people's views I suppose it's just a kind of uh, it's all relative to that person's perspective if that's the biggest problem in that person's world then like they would be kind of complaining about oh what what's going <laughs> what's going on in this tsunami across the world why, why are they concerned about that <laughs> but it's just the kind of juxtaposition of that against one person's problems against the other that's kind of like puts it all in perspective, I suppose.
0: Yeah, Randy Newman in his songs writes all his songs from the perspective of a, a character. Really, it's never usually him as a person is writing the songs about. He has songs that have all these different characters running through them, and I don't I don't think a lot of people get that with, about his music. But if you if you listen to it as much as I have, you know, you can tell that these these are all different perspectives, not necessarily ones he holds. How do you yeah. sort of differentiate? Your personal opinion from some of the songs, because some like the question of which isn't writing about yourself necess- necessarily.
3: Yeah, yeah, it's well, it's a good question. Well, basically, i I don't view it as um, I don't view any of my current songs as um, as autobiographical. Mm. Um, I think I kind of like say, so come up with a concept for a song, and it's all kind of. It's very similar to Randy Newman in the way that I'm trying to put it across as this exaggerated character who has this point of view mm. or has this um, mentality and uh, thinks in this one particular way. And when it's exaggerated to that degree, you can see the the irony in it, yeah. in the way or the flaws and the foibles and in, mm-hmm. in their methods of thinking. And that's kind of where the where the comedy lies, I think. So. I, yeah, I do kind of write in that character sense, um, mm. but maybe not in the same degree, like, I suppose he kind of thinks of it as, oh, what is this guy's motivations? and Yeah. It's very obvious that it's a character, whereas this could be multiple people's points of view, I suppose, in my songs. So, um, do you ever find yourself um,
1: spurred on to write a song just out of anger? is something that's happening at the moment because that, that's quite often a motivation for us actually sitting down to do this podcast. It's the moment that winds us up something wrong and we sit down and we have a rant at each other. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever do you ever find that happens?
3: Um I think I think it takes me so long to write a song that that feeling won't be able to last long enough for me to get it all uh-huh. down. <laughs> um but uh, I definitely feel like I'll be on certain concepts, and I'll, I'll be like convinced. Right, I've got to write a song about that because um, something has to be said <laughs> about the way in some that that particular group of people act, or the way people think about things on this particular subject. Like, there's no getting around it. Like, um, social media, for example. I've got a couple of songs coming out uh, that are kind of have social media as the main kind of. Subject to the song, and I think it's it's um, I think it's one of those kind of elephants in the room that I just can't avoid mm. with the way that people are these days. There's so many things you can use for comic value about mm. social media. <laughs> so many things.
0: This is a problem I find quite a lot with anything I do, is if I'm writing or doing any sort of creative endeavor, is there's very much contradiction with anything any human does and then, for, say for example, I could be writing something that's anti-social media, but then I'll post it on social media saying, can you buy this or can you f- share this? How do you how do you work with those contradictions? Because you can be anti-something and still use it every day.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, I think well, given the fact it's kind of uh, an ironic um, mm. perspective, it's kind of a lot of my songs are kind of laughing at yourself mm. in a way. Like that crisis in Norwich for example that you mentioned I think everyone's been been guilty of saying oh bloody weather today it's horrible and then uh, they just pick up the newspaper about uh, the disasters in the world and you think the natural disasters about flooding in Cumbria or whatever like that and they're just moaning about it raining in Manchester or something and uh, you sort of get a sense of perspective so I think I think it's alright if You've kind of got a bit of a hypocritical, hypocritical uh, uh, element because that's where I get a lot of the concepts from. I think, like <laughs> noticing that people are making these mistakes. But I suppose, like like you say, if I'm gonna bring out some of these social media songs, like I better be careful with <laughs> how I'm <laughs> how I'm putting well, it about because don't <laughs>
1: don't worry, we we slug off iTunes all the time.
3: Oh dear, yeah, and we're on iTunes. <yeah. laughs>
1: Yeah, we're on iTunes. Listen to us, reviewers.
3: Yeah, you should you should name a pod- podcast like We Hate iTunes, and just upload it to iTunes. Or something. The, the funniest thing the top, the, l- the top of the list.
0: The funniest thing was the first episode that went up on iTunes officially was the episode after the Apple event where we spent like 20 or 30 minutes just slagging off Apple, and that was the, and that was the week that I submitted it to Apple. I mean, they obviously don't check the content; they just check well, the clearly. yeah, because oh, we got straight through. <laughs> well, well, we're not we're not making any money off this, and if yeah, they're making no. money off this, I'm gonna be um, <laughs> All right. asking you around for some money.
1: <laughs> so you mentioned that you were um, influenced by by uh, you know <laughs> comedy musician greats like Weird Al Yankovic, um, and obviously Carl, you're a big fan of Bill Bailey. Um, oh, yeah. I, I myself end up end up listening to quite a lot of Mitch Ben songs on the Now Show. I mean. You know, I guess he's a sort of smaller artist, but he's very political. And um, did is that did that sort of thing inspire you at
3: all? Uh, I'm not actually aware of him, <laughs> to be honest. Oh, oh that's good. So I'm always gonna be. Uh, i always like to be to be turned on to new new stuff that's kind of similar to mine. So I'll have to check him out. I, I don't him. think okay. um, my my stuff, I suppose, isn't quite as heavily political.
1: Yeah, because yeah. that that Not that five. stuff is sort of openly, openly political. He's having a go, basically having a go whichever government happens to be in power. <laughs>
0: yeah. How do you you do a lot of um, live gigs? Um, you've been, I mean, was it over two hundred you've done this year alone?
3: Wow. Yeah. It is, yeah. I actually well, I think I'm about two hundred and twenty now. So.
0: Um. How do you find this sort of? Because your your work is v- very sort of. Lyrically sophisticated, you know, you you spend a lot of time on the lyrics, and you play a lot of bars and music venues like that. How does that sort of stuff go across? Because you you'd think that you know, the, you know, some people have this opinion of like, oh, they will listen to any old shit, they're drinking, but your stuff, you have to think about the lyrics, or else you just won't understand the song. Yeah. How does it sort of come across in those sort of venues?
3: Um, I know what you're saying. Um, and, and a lot of the time that is a bit of a problem. I mean, Joe Public doesn't want to, uh, often want to listen to, to, uh, lyrics that they have to think about. Um, I and mean, a lot of the time I've played a lot of paid gigs where people just kind of listen to it in the background. But I think, uh, there's certain songs that I know will kind of grab people like, uh, that Celebrity Worship one I was talking about before, um, there has got some kind of punchline moments where if there's anyone kind of listening with one ear, even if they've got one ear open kind of thing, there might be a one or two lines that catch them, and then you've kind of got them. You can mm. kind of like play to that a bit. I think I, th- I throw myself into the performance quite a lot as well, um, moving around the stage and just trying anything to kind of get the attention uh, and then, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, I'm an attention craving kind of guy, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, it's all just about like making sure they focus on the on on the the songwriting. Like you say, it's pretty difficult, really, when you've got when you've got uh, a pub listening audiences. Mm-hmm. But even if even if you know, it's like a bigger gig, I've, pl- I've played a gig in. Uh, Sacred Trinity Church, supporting this band the other week. There was about 200 people there, but... Um, and it was really busy, and I sort of played in between the two bands, so everyone was just sort of... Everyone basically went back to the bar when I came on, kind of thing. We were just standing around, having a chat, and all that kind of stuff. But even then, even when it was so loud that, like, you couldn't make out what I was doing much, there were still people who kind of said, oh yeah, nice, nice songwriting, man, I like your lyrics and stuff, so... Uh, I kind of know which songs will do that and where to put them so that I can best, best, make the set more kind of efficient, so hmm. I get across yeah. the songwriting.
0: I mean, you must be you, doing something right because you were featured on BBC Six Music the other night.
3: This is true. Last night, actually.
0: Last night, which I was, know this won't be going well, out
3: at the same time as well, tonight. Oh, the eleventh <laughs> of December. So yeah, must be doing something right. <laughs> yeah, and Steve Lemac put uh put it on his playlist last night and uh uh played it yeah he did a little shout out he um i grabbed a quote from him i can't remember exactly what it said yeah he said something like <laughs> uh really interesting lad with a uh elastic turn of phrase is what he said which is wow. quite interesting i think I'll have to uh put it on the web put it on the old website yeah <laughs> <laughs> Steve Lamac quote. So yeah, it's getting a bit of groundswell, I think. I've got uh, a new, because that's a new single that I've just put out. Um, that he's played on there, so I'm going to um, release that next year hmm. with an EP to follow. A new one. Did so, you have something to say?
1: I was just going to ask, um, do you find that people are actually surprised? When they tune into your lyrics and they realise that it, this this is not this is not just some randomer on the stage doing a cover of something or other, you actually tune in and, and all of a sudden you realise there's these sort of words coming out, and you're thinking, <laughs> oh, oh actually, he's saying something here, this is A, quite funny, and B, I wasn't expecting this. Do, 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 do people come up to you and say, oh, I wasn't expecting that?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely, it, yeah. Um, it's
1: they, not yeah. something you see every day, uh, uh, someone almost a comedian
3: pretending to be a musician type thing (laughs) yeah that's an interesting way of putting it actually um yeah i think so people people say people always say they're kind of caught off guard and a lot of people it's Mm. very mixed reactions some people just don't understand it they're sort of like well like i I don't get it kind of thing (laughs) they know that there's something about it that they kind of latched onto. But uh, they didn't get, and then their friends are there like laughing their heads off, <laughs> um, which is really funny to see, kind of thing. But I, I that's one of the things I love about playing live. Um, that's why I play so many gigs. Catching people off guard with those songs is just like the most fun thing ever, <laughs> um, with those kind of like punchline moments. Um, I think I've added a lot more of those into my new stuff, which to kind of... Um, it's definitely affected the way that I'm writing. Yeah. Uh, having played these gigs, I realised kind of what works and what I I want to do more of. And yeah, I can see the kind of kick that stand up comedians love about their job. But I, uh, mm. uh, you know, I like to hide behind the guitar as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, did that answer your question? Sorry. Yeah, it did definitely. <laughs> okay. Cool.
0: So next year is going to be quite a big year for you, you've um, you've been playing a lot of gigs this year but you're also recording more music in the early part of next year, um, would you like to sort of discuss a little bit about you know what, what the plans are going forward, because you've been doing this for a while now and you've obviously been getting a little bit of interest here and there and you've been doing a lot of gigs so it seems to be coming towards, definitely going towards something.
3: Yeah, what it's going towards I'm not really 100% sure. <laughs> um but uh just keep ploughing on i think uh, i'm hoping next year is going to be really big cuz like i've basically um taken a break from my full time job i'm kind of dipping in and out of it um i work at a tv company but i'm kind of um taking putting that on the old back burner for now to try this full time i'm hmm. uh, going to put out two maybe maybe even three eps if i can next year Wow uh, plus a bunch <laughs> of uh, uh a bunch of other recordings like just as kind of b sides just write as much as I can and then uh even more live gigs i'm gonna do a bit of a national tour so Ooh. I think it's just uh, exposure as much as possible i'm gonna be cracking on with the radio stations again and the uh podcasts and you know i'll always uh <laughs> even more podcasts would be good um if not, where are always here. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: we'll be here. <laughs> so, next year you're going to be touring a lot, and you're going to be recording new music, so it's going to be a very eventful year. If people want to find you, they can find you at com. You're on Facebook and Twitter as well.
3: Yeah, that's name right. Here. I'll just spell that as well. It's T-A-V-E-N-E-R, because a lot of people put an extra R in, including <laughs> Steve Lamac. <laughs> <laughs> so it's great you got
0: great you got me on the radio, but my name's wrong. Can
3: you just yeah exactly? It, it, I'm, it's not. I'm not unused to it. So get
1: yourself some more airtime. Phone in
3: and complain. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you have to write a song about complaining so you can sing it down the. That'll work, will
3: right? Yeah, um, that's. In fact, I'll post that. That's the next song I'm going to send to Steve. Just a song complaining about how people get your name wrong on the radio.
0: Yeah, can we get a cut of that? Because we're just giving you an idea, aren't we? Yeah, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have anything else to add?
3: Um, Well, just... uh, Yeah, check out those websites. So we're going to be uh, putting more live dates up again. And then uh, there's going to be a music video for that song I talked about as well. So that'll be popular. Ooh, professional. Absolute, uh, pff, I don't know if you could call it semi-professional at best. <laughs> That's what I would call it, but I'm working with a really good filmmaker who's a, like a Manchester-based filmmaker, and he's yeah, uh, he's a good guy. He's a good cinematographer actually.
0: Wait, do you have anything else to add? or
1: what me? Yeah, you. Um, of course.
3: Well, I can't find me a bit of paper,
1: so no. For fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> the organisation is real.
0: <laughs> well, f- thanks very much for being on the
3: show today. Thank we're you making, very much. Yeah, yeah. you're ve- welcome. Thank you very much for having. Making me
0: every, on. Yeah, making everybody's Christmases a little bit more bearable through decent music. <laughs> and
1: They're we're like, gonna pairing people's eardrums.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we're gonna end the show with one of your tracks. Okay, cool. Which one are we using? <laughs> 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 decide... Organisation. We need to decide this, don't we?
3: <laughs> <laughs> we can decide it in the edit. Look, cause how do we introduce it then? Yeah. <laughs> We just record that separately, unless you want me to introduce it. Yeah! (laughs) Yeah, you pick one. (laughs) Okay. This is me, Chris Taverner, introducing my own song Uh, (laughs) The Crisis at Northwich.
4: Well there's exploitation in China And gun crime in the USA There's social distance in Russia Korea could blow us away There's chemical warfare in the Middle East and Poverty's spread right through People are starving in Africa But hey, what else is new? Cause nobody's mentioned the crisis in North Which the poor on my road shut down Well, there's earthquakes shaking down Haiti Tornadoes hitting Bangladesh The ice sheets melting in Greenland Each day they report less and less There's hurricanes sweeping the United States And Canada's crushed with snow Tsunamis are drowning the Philippines In case you didn't know But nobody's mentioned the crisis in Northwich It's rained every day this week Oh, the price of housing's a nightmare And I don't know who to accuse The traffic's bad at the weekend But you won't get that on the news Why be worried about your street when your garden's overgrown? Why look over your neighbor's fence when you can't take care of your home? Oh, there's a major flooding in Thailand Pandemics out of Mexico there's 19 countries in Europe that won't let their DRO go. There's deforestation in the tropics now and wildfires every day. There's blood spilling chaos in Africa, but that's all far away. Cause nobody's mentioned the crisis in Northwich The bus is all finished at 6 And nobody's mentioned the crisis in Northwich So,
0: that was a interview with Chris Tavner, the very, very talented Chris Tavner. If you type Chris Tavner music into Google, you can get his website, you can download his EP from there, which has some of the songs which we featured today on. Um, the EPs pay what you want, so you basically put the amount in you want to pay for it, so if you're a tight arse, you don't have to pay anything. But he's a talented fucker and you're evil if you don't. So. <laughs>
1: I mean, look, look. You might not pay for this podcast, but pay for his music. The quality's different, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: He puts a lot of time and effort into his music. We <laughs> put we put some time into this. <laughs> we put time into this. Um, but yeah, of Tavner music. He's also got a Facebook page, and he's going to be touring next year quite extensively. Ooh. And he's also do you think got- we could go on tour.
1: Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. We should but do that.
1: We we could do well though, because because we we record this in separate locations usually, so. So like we could do two venues at once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just I'm in front of my eyes. I'm just seeing pounds and dollars and, and yen, currency symbols now. Rubles. Um,
0: <laughs> every. <laughs> um. So, do you have any last parting Christmassy things to say before we do the sort of washing up and throw the plates at the cat and?
1: Parting Christmas comments. Yeah. Um. Yeah, fuck off the lot
0: of you. <laughs> wow.
1: God. Look, I'm a friendly person. It's because I'm not religious, that's what it is. <laughs> Explains so much. It and if nice. you
0: all would like to turn to a religion, there are many available. <laughs> <laughs> we support none of them, but that's kind of um, been that's balanced cool. in one way, um, mm, <laughs> do not yeah. take We don't take sides. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> this is a mess. This whole thing's... I mean, this is a, this, this show's usually a mess, but this is this an, another damn Christmas episode or whatever, whatever we're going to fucking that, call it.
1: You know what? That's what we should call it. <laughs> that's what we should call it. Another damn Christmas special. Ah. Oh. Yeah. Well, One final thing to say to the listeners. We are considering doing another damn conspiracy awards. Oh, yeah. As part of our upcoming New Year's special. Yeah. So, if you have any thoughts on what we should be awarding awarding awards for and who we should be giving them to for instance best podcast another damn conspiracy um, <laughs> and just just a suggestion um, send us those as well yeah definitely and we've got
0: plenty of open spaces for categories so if you want to suggest weird and wild things we'll have a look and um, the likelihood of it becoming an actual category is very high because <laughs> we're a bit low on ideas uh <laughs> <laughs> See that? That be the New year Can we drink in the New epi- new Year's episode? Can we just. Can we drink? Can we drink? No, can I drink? I mean, I've been drinking this episode. I've, why do we need to ask look, permission? I want to just drink look, anyway.
1: Look, you, you can drink, but I sort of point out that we won't be recording it on New Year's because I'm working. Oh, uh, yeah. And I, New I, Year's I, morning as well.
0: So. Uh, let's wrap this up. Like a present. Merry Christmas. See? Like a present. See, that's festive.
1: Oh, I, I see what you did there. Yeah. Humour. That, that's funny.
0: Yeah. Well, we had to attempt humour at some point, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) So, if you you would like to send us a festive voicemail message, or any old crap, you can now ring us on our voicemail line. You basically log into Skype, search for another damn conspiracy. There's two accounts with our name on them. Either of them will contact us. Um, I'm stupid enough to have two accounts for this thing. And... You just can leave a message for this ring. It, you can leave a message. We will listen through them all and we will select a few spec, like beautiful specimens to be played on the show next week. We're also asking for nominations for the awards, and you can do that through Facebook, through Twitter search for another damn conspiracy at damn conspiracy on twitter we're also at shoutengine.com slash another damn conspiracy that's our wonderful podcast host they're hosting this shit on their servers mm. and that's, that's that's fucking that's that's dedication get that's get very de- I wonder ret- if you've ever
1: listened to it they retweeted it but I think oh, that's cool. Yeah, so that's quite cool thank you we're also on iTunes they've definitely not listened
0: to it <laughs> well, no because we would not be on iTunes <laughs> we would not be on iTunes <laughs> <laughs> Although we're looking at the podcast stats and it said like 30-40% of people who listen to this are using an Apple device to listen to it, which is like, oh gr- dear. it's like fuck. Although I'm Clearly recording it on an Apple device right now, so this is. Oh, shame. God, we are just big contradictions.
1: <laughs> that is why you should never listen to what we say. It's a load of rubbish.
0: <laughs> wow,
1: a glowing review. <laughs>
0: Never it's listen to what we say. Dickens. That's a poster quote. Never listen to what we say. It's a load of rubbish. Another damn conspiracy. That can be on the tall poster. Yes. 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 Good. Oh, this is this is turning out to be a 2016 and a half. Woo. And we also have an email, which is at uk And you can email stuff in there. And it won't go into the spam folder. Honest. I do. No, it won't. <laughs> Oh our spam fold is fucking getting full of shit. I keep keeping them for a rainy day but we haven't had a rainy day recently. We've been so much news it's unbelievable. I know, I know. Um oh, yeah. but we'll leave news for another day because Christmas it's is Christmas. Christmas and Christmas These is miserable. Yeah, festiveness and presence and happiness and I don't really know where this is going I think we need to find a way to end this how do we end it thanks we...
1: Josh Woodward for your music
0: oh yeah thanks to Josh Woodward for the music he's this week and last week yes he usually does the theme when I'm not fucking it up and um, also Chris Tavner's music is in there there's also Muppet music in there and there's also some select prime cuts from myself uh, yes. Thanks everybody wonderful. for listening and we will be back before the new year is out. We will be back. Wow. Anyway,
1: Merry Christmas folks. Thank you for listening.
0: Merry Christmas now fuck off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is indigestion? Who is Einstein? Are 2
4: really? Before you ask me who is HG Wells I will help your education with a simple explanation of Bells Bells?
1: Bells! Bells. (coughs) What was all that? All that was the verse. (coughs) A verse always comes before the chorus. (coughs) Bells, 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 the thing they do is ring.
4: Bells, 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 what happy thoughts they bring. Bells of every kind and sort, bells to play and bells for sport timing what the hour is now or they'll lead you to a cow